what they call it. I'm Drew Berquist. This is my show. Again, Happy New Year, folks. If you missed the program yesterday, so glad to be spending some time with you tonight. I'm excited because unlike yesterday, we've got our good friend, colleague, Tom Cunningham, back in action. In, in studio, no. In here, in, in program, yes. In spirit, yes. Looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. He sure is. That, that, all, that took a weird turn Everyone there. just stare at Tom. <laughs> okay, that's enough. All right. So we, we, we're, this is going to be fun. Look, Tom, Tom's he's, <laughs> really leaning into it. <laughs> we think leaning into it. I mean, it's both. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You get it. Uh, so people listening to the audio podcast are like, what's happening? The same shit that happened. He was today. going for an open mouth kiss. He yeah, was he going. Was. Yeah. No, he was yeah. very sensual. Yeah. Very sensual. <laughs> Uh, Tom, we talked about it in Coin Club, but but just give people, you know, in the 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 big main audience here, a little update on how your holidays were, your season, your Christmas season was. Oh, Christmas was great. Spent some time with the kids. Actually, my daughter had to leave to go back to school today. My son leaves tomorrow. Uh, we've had a great time out on the road, traveling around. I love it. I love it. Traveling it's- by car instead of by plane this Ooh. time. I love you. Everyone kind of. I I love driving by car across the nation. It's beautiful. You're big into it. Yeah. I, I I I do enjoy it some, but I also, depending on the trip, want want the other. I just I can get into a zone and and literally like block everyone out and just be you know we need a 16 hour driver. I'm down. I got it. Let's go. That's perfect. So when we get like the company RV, Tom, we know who's driving. <laughs> Oh, that would be my wife and I were talking about that. That's like the goal to have one of those giant Prevost, you know, uh, motor coaches and be in the back of it with somebody else driving down the highway. Oh, it'd oh, be yeah. fantastic. hundred percent. Well, here's the thing. I, uh, I don't have one, one big obstacle for me is time. I, I just don't like a lot of us, not just me, but there's time is an issue. But one of the reasons that I don't have, a recreational vehicle for my family or anything else is I don't want to be the one driving. If I get it for my crew and I've got a big family of six plus Shafi seven, like I, I, I'm going to be not to say that my wife wouldn't volunteer to do it, but I don't want her to have to do it. So I'd be the one driving. It's like, no, I, if I have this, I want to be hanging out in the back. Like it's a, a tour bus kind of a deal. Like we're playing Xbox, having some drinks. You call my dad, he would do it in a heartbeat. I know he would. Yeah. I, and that's the thing is we've got, we, we've got between you and your father, we've yeah. got some good options. Yeah. We've got some good. My, my dad does it for his best friend. He drives his motorhome around the country when, when he, when it's needed and he loves it. He's like, I'm dropping everything. I'm, I'm going. And he just drives. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. 2024 goals. 2024 goals. Why? Why do an in-studio event when we can just take it on the road? We're like in the back of the RV. Like, <laughs> hey, we're doing the show from your house today. Uh, uh, quick couple admin notes before we get into all of this nonsense today. I told you yesterday, but I'm going to tell you again. The promo code Drew30 on Locals is working now. So if you haven't signed up yet and you want an account or you don't already have an account, go to drewberkwist.locals.com. And use promo code Drew30. It's mashed together, no space, just Drew, and then the number 30, and you'll get a free month free. You'll get your challenge coin sent. Well, first, you'll get a link sent to you to get your challenge coin, but you'll get all that stuff. And then you'll have access to Coin Club slash Booze and Banter, which just happened on Locals, where we hang out, have a little bit more fun uh, in an intimate setting over at the bar. So go check that out. You get entered into contests. There's all sorts of great things coming 
on that front too. Tons of reasons to do it, and you get it for free. So so go check it out. After your free month, it's only five dollars a month. It's a friggin' cup of coffee, or probably not even a cup of coffee these days. So go check that out. You yes. could go to DrewBurgerStyleLocals.com Drew or there's that red join button that's just yes. below the player. Yep. I just clicked it. It pops up, gives you the whole shebang. Exactly. Or if you go to DrewBurgerStyleLocals.com and click on Coin Club, if it's easier to remember that, it'll take you to the same spot. Yep. So you'll, you'll get there. You'll figure it out. If you have a question, send it in to producer at RedBeachMedia.com. We got a ton to get to today, and we got to get it, get it in because I told the folks over at Coin Club, I got a date tonight, a hot date. <laughs> With my wife, we're just going to dinner. Are you changing clothes? or? Actually, I didn't have another shirt with me, so she's bringing a shirt to the restaurant, and I'll just change in the parking lot in all my glory. <laughs> you you just great. come in your mammoth polo that you got in the back. I could. Yeah. I, could I could do something from, <laughs> from wardrobe. But. Let's get into the news, Chris. So we've got a little bit of a... I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. You definitely were, and and you listened to the show, so you definitely know. We got a little bit of a border issue. It's just just a little. <laughs> we bit. Maybe we're losing our country every day to thousands of illegal immigrants, record numbers. And there's been this conversation about impeachments, impeachments for everyone, and people keep saying impeachments do nothing. I keep saying they do nothing. It's pretty much just a political tool now, at least for a president or certain figures. And that's true. And I still think we should be doing it, by the way. I think we should impeach the living piss out of Joe Biden because he's earned it. He's the most corrupt, disastrous, worst president in the history of the United States of America. And, and so, so one, traditionally speaking, you have justification for that in terms of the investigation that are ongoing, in terms of the information about his corruptions, his family dealings. All There's, there's so much there. There's no reason not to do it. But even honestly... The way the left plays it, even if there wasn't that, still just do it because this has become as ridiculous in middle school as it is. It's a tit-for-tat society that we live in, and nowhere is that more true than in Washington, D.C. But one, one thing that for sure should have happened by now has is, was, whatever, remains the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas the Homeland Security Secretary, Secretary, who's responsible for what's happening down at the board. He is, he is the face and one of the key figures for what's going on. He's not the only one. But that should happen. Well, we've got this report now. I think this is a CNN clip. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Let's play the clip, then we'll discuss. We have breaking news just into CNN. The House Homeland Security Committee will formally begin impeachment proceedings against DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. CNN's Lauren Fox joins us now from Washington, D.C. And, Laura, what details do you have? Yeah, we are learning more information that in this new year, the House Republicans are planning to forge ahead with an impeachment against Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security. Alejandro. So... Allegedly, allegedly the GOP, the feckless, worthless GOP, who's really most of them just a part of the Democrat Party as well, they just put an R by their name to, to trick people, are going to proceed ahead with this. Now, my first question, Tom, is do you think they actually will? It's, it's good news on, on the surface, right? But do you think they actually will? And, and then follow-up question, which as an interrogator I would never ask in one sentence, but do you think it actually does anything? 
No, it, it doesn't do anything, and I don't think they'll get the votes to impeach him. But to me, if if the Republican Party has any shot of trying to stay together as a party instead of just joining the Democrat Party, then they have to take a page out of the Democrats' playbook. Where Democrats, it's all about lawfare, and it's all about, you know, the process, and the process being the punishment. So if you want to get back into the game and you want to say to your voters that we do have a backbone, we're not just a bunch of weasels, we are going to fight for the people who put us in office, then you have to go after everybody with the same uh, vigor that that uh, Democrats do. You know, they Democrats don't back down, man. They're they are on board. They they will take you to any court. They will judge shop. They will do whatever it takes to make sure that they take their opponents and crush their faces into the ground and then give them a throat punch. Yeah. Very descriptive. Uh, and by the way, when you said vigor, I was I was about to like mouth vigor, just kind of like <laughs> channeling what word you were going to say. So I'm glad that that I got it right. And I guess that right. But no, you're right. It, it, you have to do it. I, I, and I agree, too. I think that this does nothing, even if they let's let's say let's say they do. I don't think they probably have the votes either. But let's say that they that they do have the votes. They get it through. It's it's they should do it. It's absolutely something that should be done. But it, it always really comes down to the real question and and the real the substance of, of the question or the questions is what's next and does it really do anything? And the answer is no, because by, by, by impeaching Mayorkas, which, again, should be done, I hope they do it. The thumbnail, I think, said finally or the title said finally or something like that today, because it, this should have been done a long time ago. Even if it's only as a political stunt, it still should have been done a long time ago, but it won't change anything because Mayorkas isn't actually making any real decisions on the matter. Mayorkas is just a figurehead. He's just a name, a face who's associated with our wide-ass open border. He's, he's not really doing anything, and that don't, don't think for a second that they just won't be like, well, that sucks. PR loss for us. Jose, you're up next. You're in. And actually, it wouldn't probably be Jose. It would be. It would probably have to be a transgender woman of color. But I don't think it changes anything. No, it do doesn't change anything because the, their policy is their policy, and it's a policy of open borders. So it doesn't matter who you have in there. All this says is we don't like you, and the American people don't like you, and we would like you to drop off the face of the earth, even though you're just— you're just the 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 person that we see every day who you know is the face of open borders it doesn't mean anything because the next person that comes in if he's ousted will just carry on with with what the, the regime's policy is anyway exactly well you have chaos over in in the rumble chat saying today they said it was all the republicans fault the the border issue that is of course they're saying that and you know what <laughs> to an extent it is because our party right now doesn't have all the control they need, but our party is so complicit in so many things. The, the borders, I mean, the amount of people on our side who will stand up and say, this is ridiculous, this is not the America that I knew and loved, and this is not the America I agreed to serve, who then do absolutely nothing to try and make change and actually do any kind of substantial and meaningful change on the border— the, the number of people in, in, in the Republican House, for example, or you could say the Senate as well, 
that 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 take that stand. I mean, it's 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 ludicrous. There's there's so we always talk about it. there's so few people, ten probably five or less that actually care and want to do something. If we wanted to do something, we could find some ways to do something a little bit more meaningful. I'm not suggesting that we can overhaul the system and override what what Obama and Biden are doing right now. But you could do something. We're literally doing nothing except for providing some sound bites, which are just for their political gain as they stump and, and go and do different campaign events and, and dinners and galas and all of that stuff. They don't actually care. But what you're seeing on the screen, they don't actually care about that. And or some of them maybe do, but deep down they're like, I don't like this. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. This is going to damage our country. It is 100% already has certainly will the, the worst is yet to come. I, I, I hate to share that negative news with you to think that that somehow there's not a catastrophic number of consequences that come from this is is just it's it's ridiculous to even think that that couldn't happen. So the worst is yet to come. But they think about that and they're like, yeah, but I can't actually go too far down this path. Because even though it makes sense with my constituents who I'm supposed to represent, it doesn't make sense for me and my career. And it doesn't make sense and it doesn't fall in line with what Washington wants. So I'm not going to do anything. Right. Well, just looking at this video, look at all the families that are coming in. I think I saw one chick in that whole <laughs> right. piece of video that you just played. It's... You go back to the fact of, you know, the left saying, oh, the, you know, we need people to come in to do jobs that Americans won't do. So, all right. So now you're saying that, you know, we're bringing in millions upon millions of people to do jobs that supposedly Americans won't do. And eventually those jobs are going to get phased out through automation. So now you have an unskilled labor pool to draw from. So what do you do then? And then it's, you know, you always hear the left saying, oh, well, you know, we could, they can learn to code, they can go to college, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Now that, we, you know, AI is getting so much better, AI is going to start to code. So the coding jobs are going to go away. So what does that leave with all these folks who have come in here who, you know, are trying, maybe, maybe trying to assimilate or not assimilating? What happens to them, and how how do they fit into the rest of society? And do they actually even want to be here? You know, were they put up to you know to 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 come here and breach the border? You know, who bought their plane tickets? You know, there's there's a whole. This isn't as simple as people like to think it is. That there are a few people, you know, families coming over to be a gardener or to like, you know, put their kids into college or something. It's not like that. Right. It's it, and if you have, you know, such such a narrow-minded view of what's going on down at the border, then you're just a lost cause. Yeah. No, I agree. And 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 first and foremost, of course, too. I understand the mindset of an American who's out there who buys into that rhetoric and says, okay, it's just a few in there here and here and there, you know, that come across and they provide this cheap labor that we need in communities. That's not true. I understand the mindset of people buying into that, but you have to actually look at what's really happening and see that that is not the case whatsoever. We've shown so many clips, the B-roll we just showed there again, that demonstrate these are Predominantly, let's not say all because that's not true. We can't live in this world of absolutes, but predominantly military age males who are coming across. And and my issue has always been, even before the border opened like it is now, 
which the Democrats will say it's not open. And then if someone challenges them and says that it is, they say, well, it's Trump's fault. But it's wide-ass open. But even before we had the level of, of issues that we do now, my stance has always been the, one of the points that you hit on there. Look, I, if you want to come here, first and foremost, do it the, the legal way. But if you want to come here, want to be here, and want to be here for the right reasons, want to be American— that's not to say that you get rid of your grandmother's recipes that you love and your history and heritage and traditions, but you've got to want to be an American. These people don't, they don't even know what that is. Hell, most Americans don't even know what that is anymore. And, and that's always been my issue. If you want to be a contributing member of society and do it the right way, come on. I don't care where you're from. Some small-ass village in Africa to a, a, a city in, in Central or South America or anywhere on the planet. Come do it the right way. Come because you want to be here. You see the opportunity that is here, used to be here, and, and be a, a contributing member of society. But these people don't. They're just all leeches, and they're mostly leeches, and they don't, they don't even understand what America is. But, but, but they sure as hell are useful tools to the left, and it's so frustrating. Right. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever been to a—, a citizenship ceremony, I guess they're called, where, you know, people who, you know, have gone through the process, you know, get sworn in as U.S. citizens. But, you know, I've been fortunate enough to attend. And it, it, it's one of the most gratifying moments as an American that you could see, actually seeing the people who have done everything possible to come to the United States and live out whatever dream that they have and become a United States citizen with with the dream and hopes of assimilating within the country and co contributing to the country. Yeah. Whereas, unfortunately, we're at a point now where a lot on the left are just want to overwhelm the system, get everybody in, you know, or just not not get everybody in, but just keep the borders open so we have a steady flow of people to collapse the system and that way give amnesty to a bunch, you know, a bunch of people that are already here and who have made it here just so you have a voting block. And I know that sounds, you know, just very sort of a simplistic answer to, you know, what the left would deem, oh, no, there's more nuance than that. No, there's not more nuance on it. To the, to collapse the system, to create the system that you want is the ultimate goal. And moreover, having this guise of, you know, having a democracy or a representative republic, but getting that voting block to make sure you always maintain power, that's the ultimate goal. And yeah. it may sound simplistic, and people will tell you there might be, you know, there's nuance to it. There's not. It's always been about power. Right. Well, it is. And even, even you know, uh, even for the people who are like, well, it's not about the voting block per se, because not all of them can. Well, that's cute that you think that. It's uh, cute that you think our voting system is so regimented and, and secure and efficient. It's not. But... But it, it's the breaking the system part that's important. It is the voting block. It's all the things you just said. But it's it, the goal has to be to get to an America that you want and envision on the left. You have to you have to fundamentally tear things down and break the system. And and what better way to do it than what we're seeing and experiencing on a daily basis, not just on the border, but throughout the country. Because that it, it it is a it, the the effects are devastating. You could because people will talk about voting, they'll talk about national security and and possible terror attacks or possible violence here or there, and all those things are 100 percent true. 
but they're also just kind of byproducts, right? Because because the main thing that the left wants to do is tear down the government and our our community and society writ large, at least as we've known it, to build up something new. And and I I just I, do, I for the life of me I don't understand at this point at any point, but certainly at this point that they don't people don't. Everyday Americans don't see how damning this is. I know you guys all do. I know we do. I know there's a lot of people out there who do. But but this is such a huge... There's, there's probably not a bigger issue out there than, than that and what's happening. And not, and not only is it happening, but how it's scaling. I mean, it is scaling so far out of control that I, I, you can't really put the genie back in the bottle on this one. No, you can't. And we just don't have the infrastructure to handle the amount of people that are coming in every day, every month, every year. You know, we're we're getting the population, what is it, of Alabama every month and or or every year. And that's just more than 26 states, more than 26 states in the country we're getting. And that that's not sustainable, you know, as far as like housing, food, transportation, roadways, uh, schools. It's just we, the the system, the infrastructure just isn't in place for it. And that's why that most countries, other than European countries in the United States, have a immigration system where you come in so the system isn't overwhelmed and people can assimilate. The problem that we're going to run into is we're going to run into folks who who have come to the United States, they can't speak English, they're they're having a hard time a hard time assimilating. So they're going to gravitate toward enclaves where they can find people who speak the same language that they do and they're able to communicate with, with each other. And what that's going to do is it's going to have the opposite effect of assimilation where you're going to have balkanization take place. And we're going to see these little um, ethnic enclaves pop up all over over cities and counties all over the United States, and it's not going to end well. No. No, it's not at all. It's... It, it, it will hundred. I mean, we're we're having this quiet balkanization now, as it stands, mostly ideologically speaking, somewhat regionally speaking. But that is hundred percent going to push that into like more real time, visually, you know, tangibly uh, balkanization. That's going to happen. By the way, just side point: a lot of people have mentioned uh, what you mentioned the the ceremony of people being sworn in as American citizens. I've not been to one. I've seen them online. I, I, and everyone's saying just how moving and and great they are. I can tell you, we're years and years still away from it, but I I I, I cannot wait to be. We're we're you know what? Maybe we do like a big extravaganza for the show <clears throat> and party afterwards. Probably not because it seems like a lot of work. Um, but when Shafi gets finally sworn in as American, I'm gonna be freaking ugly crying my face off. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't freaking wait to to experience that. Have watch him experience that. Uh, but let's move on. I was going to touch on real quick. I was going to touch on there was this event that was happening, a a celebration of sorts for Soleimani in Iran. Massive attack happened. Over a hundred people killed, hundred and forty plus injured. We're not going to get into it because we're we're. I just I don't know if we have time. So if we have time, we'll come back to it. But horrible thing that happened there. Who's behind it? 
there's a lot of questions. Is it? Is it? <laughs> I'm just. I, I would just. I would say this, and 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 Tom, I'll give you a quick bit on this too, just to hit on it. But obviously, there's talk about Israel doing it, and and subsequently, there's suggestion that maybe we were or were not involved in it. Uh, all of which are possible. We just played a clip yesterday of Lindsey Graham saying, "Blow them off the map." So to think that our intel folks aren't doing different things to try and at least, you know, put some fissures in place and get people at each other's throats and, and, and spin everything up. Uh, it, it's probably unlikely that it's not happening, but also don't rule out the idea that it was a proxy group within Iran, uh, who also wouldn't mind a fight. It, it's, it's a very interesting thing. I don't want to comment on it too much because it all is just very fresh. Obviously it's horrible. Cause look, a lot of the people in Iran are not bad people. The younger generations there want to be more Western-like. They don't want to live under that regime and live the way that they have. Uh, but it's an awful thing. What, what was your first take on it, Tom, when you heard that news? <laughs> My first take on it was, oh, here we go, the CIA once again. <laughs> I just said that for you. No, you my did. take my take was that it was inside an inside job in Iran, kind yeah. of like, uh, you know, in Syria, uh, Bashar al-Assad gassed his own people or, right. yeah. So, you know, kind of a false flag operation. Uh, I don't think that Israel wants to pick a fight with Iran and get into a full-on war with them. But, you know, the United States, that's a different deal. I mean, look what we did with Iraq. Look what we, you know, have done all over the Mideast for us to want to get into a fight. I could totally see that happening. But I don't see the, the I don't, I don't see the, the, the fuse that's set. You know, I don't right. see the Gulf of Tonkin. I don't see the Maine. I don't see 9-11. I feel like in order to justify a war against Iran, it's got to be something more than, you know, the CIA going in and blowing up a bunch of people who are celebrating, you know, the life of Soleimani. I, I don't see it that way. The only justification that I can see the United States going to war with Iran is if something happens here. Right. No, I agree. I, I, I agree. If I had to rank things based on limited time and knowledge at this point in time, I would say it was most likely someone within Iran, perhaps as a secondary option, some folks, not not the intel community writ large, but some folks such as the Lindsey Grahams and the, the, the Warhawks and neocons of the world who want war, pushing this and using the intelligence community and thus the United States to help take part in it, which would still involve a group within Iran. And then the, the, the third or tertiary answer would be Israel. I think that's the, that's the least likely of, of all of them. Cause I agree. I don't think that they want that fight. They, they, they've long just wanted to live and be on their own within the region. It's, it's never been them, you know, being the antagonist and, and trying to go and do they do stuff? Yes, absolutely. Because of the stuff that's been done to them. Anyways, I, I think that that's the order of things. We'll see where it goes. I'm sure we'll talk about it more, perhaps even tomorrow. We'll see. But I want to go to, speaking of events, this is not necessarily a wartime type of a deal, or, or although it could be. You have Catherine Herridge, who is, used to be a Fox News correspondent, talking about Pentagon issues, national security issues. I've never been a huge fan. I don't, di I don't hate the chick. I've never been a huge fan just because unless you've been in like the thick of it, and I'm talking like the 1% thick of it, which almost no one is in, 
in terms of national security, military, uh, special operations, intelligence, you don't know what you're actually talking about because you're not, you just don't know. Like everyone's speculating, yes, but you don't know. But she always was used as the person over on Fox News, which, which says enough right there as it is, right? But now she's over at CBS and she's on a panel and she, this happened like last week, but I wanted to bring it up because we were obviously on break. She's warning here of a black swan event in 2024. Let's take a listen and then I'm dying to get Tom's take. <laughs> Roll the clip. Well, mine's a little dark. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. Mm -hmm. This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. Um, there are a number of cons uh, concerns that I have that factor into that. Uh, not only this uh, sort of enduring heightened threat level that we're facing, uh, the wars in Israel, also Ukraine. And we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before. And I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China, and Iran. And that's what uh, concerns me most. Or or some fertile ground here, perhaps. <laughs> let's define it, though. Let's, let, let's, I'm going to use Catherine's words. So she defines it as a national security event that has, comes with high impact. And she's concerned saying it, it would, and it, obviously it would be a dark time, a dark event that could happen. But she's predicting it, predicting it this year, 2024, an election year. A lot of us have in our own rights in a lot of different ways, too. I mean, what what do you think here? Like, what do you what do you take from that clip? Because I think, and, and let's be let's try let's try and be as realistic as we can. I'm not saying that we're not usually realistic here, but there's a lot of things that could could fit in this bin or this category, if you will. What when you when you heard that clip, what was the first couple thoughts that popped into your mind? Well, the well the first couple of thoughts that I had was what's worked in the past. All right, let's go back to 9-11. What happened there? All right, we had al-Qaeda and the Taliban, you know, take down the World Trade Centers that were led, supposedly happened, which, you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 in my heart, I want to believe that's what happened. Um, I know there are a lot of different theories out there, especially in my community, of what actually happened. But let's just go with the, you know, there was this plot uh, you know, that was masterminded by uh, uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, you know, financed by Osama bin Laden. And, you know, this was the event to, you know, cripple the infidels, right? So you have that being a black swan event and you have your bad guys already, you know, ready to go, especially with Osama bin Laden being the, the, the face of it. And then you have, you know, the, your tertiary, you know, peripheral characters such as the Taliban and Al Qaeda. Okay. So you've got, you know, let's pretend like we're casting a movie. So you've got your number one bad guy that you're going after. And then you have his minions that you're going after and it's all takes place in Afghanistan. So that's all set up. So what do we have now that kind of fits that bill? All right. You've got Yemen and you've got the Houthis, right, that are, you know, keep, you know, firing missiles and drones at ships in the Persian Gulf. Oh, that kind of, you know, sounds familiar. Didn't we have Al Qaeda, you know, pull a fishing boat next to the USS Cole and detonate a, you know, big hole and, and kill sailors on board? Okay. So could it be, you know, some sort of invasion and fight with Yemen to, to liberate Yemen of the Houthis? You know, because that bad guy's already set up, you know, because of, of what they're doing right now that's being, you know, uh, uh, given to us by the media. 
uh, you know, of them attacking <sighs> our people, our right. ships. You know, would it be a devastating attack in the U.S. that we could link to the Houthis? Well, it sure seems like we could point in that direction if something does happen. The second one that worked is, is sort of a mini black swan event just because of the duration of time was COVID. And there are a lot of things that the, you know, the, the enemy class learned from COVID is the fact of how compliant people will be, especially if they can't see what the enemy is, and especially if it has to do with somebody in a white coat telling them that you know the science, the science is here. You know the science is settled. This is this is what's going on. They will always people, majority of people will always default to an authority figure when it comes to anything dealing with their health. And you'll have you know you could have the lockdowns. You know the lockdowns worked with a lot of people. You know California was locked down until what, going into 2022, pretty much or the fall of 2022. Right. So that's worked in the past. You know, there's the TSA back in September came out with the directive that their agents at airports, you know, is going to be voluntary to start wearing masks. That sort of picked up. If you've been in airports recently, more and more passengers are starting to wear, you know, masks. You also have flight attendants wearing them. If you go into supermarkets in some states and some cities, more and more people are wearing them because now we're being told that this new variant might induce heart attacks. So having that, you By know, way, that... Weren't they working on a pill this past year we talked about in the show that goes and prevents or mitigates risk of heart attack? They are, yes. Yeah. Pfizer is coming up with that. But <laughs> it, that has nothing to do with the COVID vax at all. No. It has, Right. And so now what they're trying to say, it's, you know, heart attacks happen all the time. And with this new COVID variant, it might induce a heart attack if you get COVID, even though the, you've gotten the vaccine. So the table has already been set for another round of pandemia once again. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who really enjoy being locked down, who really enjoy you know, that submissive stance of putting on a mask and going through the whole sort of, you know, uh, you know, self-subordination to government. They love that. And they're looking forward to doing it again. So those to me are two really distinct possibilities. The one that I see is an outside possibility. Well, there's a couple that I see is an outside possibility. One being UFOs showing themselves <laughs> and also members of our government peeling off masks to, re to reveal that they are lizard people. I think so, that's, that's probably less likely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a less likely. Just, just, so I, just so I'm making my statement clear. I think that's probably less likely. Right. So, well, it seems there's like there's also. It, Go ahead. I was just saying, it, it, the last possible scenario would be some kind of EMP attack or some kind of hack on the grid. Cyber, but then yeah. again, I don't see, you know, I, I, it, I don't see China doing it per se, even though that I'm pretty sure that, you know, right before Christmas, they, they hacked in and uh, caused all kinds of chaos. Uh, I don't really see Russia doing it because of the amount of shit that we've done to Russia as far as like blowing, blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline, 
you know, supplying aircraft and missiles and every small piece of small arms that we have to the Ukrainians, continuing to fund them and them not retaliating it against us in any sort of way. So, you know, when it comes to some kind of a cyber attack, seeing a criminal that's either, you know, the Chinese or the Russians engaging in that, I, I don't see that one. Yeah. Well, it seems like they've kind of been, you know, I, I, I still feel like COVID was a test. You know, the whole, the whole deal. That's not to say COVID wasn't real. We've all had it. Most of us multiple times. I think I had some other kind of more recent variant in December that lasted COVID-20. Yeah, long ass time. That's that's for damn sure. But I think it was seen as that. And they've, you know, they've tested multiple things since then. We joked and laughed about, although I do think that they were doing it for that reason. We joked and laughed about monkeypox. It's like, guys, no one's going to actually be concerned about that unless you have a really just crazy grinder account. It's not a, <laughs> It's not an issue for you. But there's there's Ukraine, Russia, which people are still kind of on board with. It could still it, it, look. We, we talked about it yesterday. Russian battleships sunk by Ukraine slash U.S. Not not good. That could spiral out of control. But the support's not there like it used to be. The coverage is also not there like it's used to be. Israel, Hamas, <laughs> more important than Ukraine, Russia. Yes, they're a closer ally. Well, they are an ally. The other ones aren't. And. And that's not gone that way. Could it spiral out of control? Yes. You talked about it earlier, or you put something in in um, in in some communication about the fact that the pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas protests haven't really spiraled out of control here, like the left probably hoped that they would. They they haven't. Are they still happening? Yes. Are they annoying? Yes. Are the people going to them super dumb? Yes, absolutely. But you've got Yemen. Could it be that? Yeah. That that reference you made to the to the AQ USS Cole, a good one. Does that really draw us in? It could, and that would be adjacent to a potential war and likely lead to a war with Iran because the, the Houthis are, are backed by Iran, and that could lead to, between that and Israel-Hamas, just all-out Mideast war possibility, yes. But they've kind of tested that. There's the COVID thing, which I just don't think is going to work as well. People are going to do it. People will mask up. People in hospitals, airplanes, all those things will mask up again, some, but not all. So it really does lead you to I I to me if 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 I'm them and I'm not them I I dislike them if there's something that's going to work and it's going to and we've talked about it it's going to lead to the most pandemonium the most chaos the most fear the most opportunity for government control it would have to be some form of a cyber attack or grid shutdown and I think I agree with you, Tom. It would not be from an outside force. It would be from within. It would be more of a false flag kind of a deal where it's like, yeah, it was them or it was those guys or these guys over here or whatever. But no, it was last ditch effort. Okay, shut it down. Herb, pull that switch over there. No, you, That one, pull it. I, I'm not supposed to just pull the damn switch. And then everything goes into absolute chaos. I, I, <laughs> Outside of World War III, which is on the horizon on a couple different fronts, the quickest way you can get that kind of pandemonium and control if you're big bad Uncle Sam is, is, is I think that is your option. That's your nuclear option, which comes with, at least initially speaking, less bloodshed, but, but absolute chaos. Oh, yeah. It would be like, you know, you had your friends over at your house, and then all of a sudden— somebody in your house opened the door, invited in 
hundreds of strangers shut the door and then the lights went out and all the doors locked and all of a sudden you're inside with a bunch of people you don't know and the food the the water's been shut off the food is gone then what do you do right and i think that's what the, the enemy class wants they want to be able to shut down shut shut down electricity cause may, as much mayhem as they can on the streets and then come in and do by whatever means necessary, whether it be martial law, whether it's you know that that would be the ultimate for them is to declare martial law, suspend the constitution, and come in and just say, look, we we've got to you know maintain some sort of control, and also you know you would end up seeing pallets of guns like we saw pallets of bricks, bricks being yeah. dumped off to you know they're they're going to keep escalating it because it's worked in the past. Yeah. No, yeah, 100%. By the way, that's two days in a row you've used the name Herb. Uh, really? Yeah, yesterday. Did I? I don't know. You're I talking about like an old couple trying to vote. Interesting. Herb, Usually Herb I go Hank. Here they at, Hank. <laughs> no, uh, but but yeah, I, yeah I, go, I went Herb. Both H's. I guess I love my my old men with H names. <laughs> but also with civil unrest also comes the ability to suspend an election. Exactly. Well, I think that that's the that that is if 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 you're going to go that devious, which clearly there's some people in our country who are willing to go ultra devious. That that's why I think that's because it cutting the power. You would have hey Carol, by the way, you would have mass mass pandemonium. You'd have little uh, incursions that are happening everywhere, infighting, blah blah blah. All that starts to happen, so it gives you justification for martial law and i know this sounds extreme i'm not suggesting this is what's going to happen but Catherine heritage said there's going to be a black swan event so we're just talking about what they could be you, you you can you can implement you should not but if you're in the mind of of these power hungry politicians you can implement martial law and you could spend suspend an election what a perfect tool for them hope it doesn't go there uh but that's that's something that could absolutely happen okay Let's hey Magellan, good to see you. Let's pivot from from a cyber attack, martial law, and a suspended election to suspended reality. Because you've got this new report. There's all kinds of footage on it. You've probably seen it. Some of you are like, I don't care about this. We're still going to talk about it. Just bear with us. Because this is a CNN clip here talking about how there's a, a new Star Wars director at. Di of course, it's at Disney, right? Because Disney owns that that series now. Who says that a woman needs to lead the story. Let's play the clip and then we'll talk about the obvious misstep in this. Also the first woman and the first person of color to direct a Star Wars film. It's set to be released in 2026. You can say that the force is strong with this one. Here's Charmino Bechinoy. You know, I'm very thrilled about the project because I think um, what we are about to create is something very special. And we're in 2024 now, and I think uh, it's about time that we had a woman uh, come forward uh, to shape the story in a galaxy far, far away. Was was that Ted Cruz in the middle wearing the black cowboy hat? <laughs> no, it's uh, David Finoli or whatever his name is. He's he directed the Clone Wars and a lot of the the newer stuff that's come out. I, can we just? <laughs> I mean, so obviously this isn't surprising. Wokeness coming out of Disney and CNN celebrating it, but can we just talk about the fact 
that the last entire trilogy was based around a female character, Ray. Yeah. I mean that that's that's it's you shouldn't get into all this gender stuff in the first place. But that's literally what the last three films were about. They were about <laughs> Ray, a female Jedi. I, I all of uh, Obi Wan was directed by a female, uh, an Asian woman, actually, to be exact. So, so she's wrong. It's not the first female. Well, it's the, well, she said film, not mm. series. So that's okay. where oh, she's Obi Wan. Obi Wan was right. the series, but like they've had people of color, women come in, direct all these episodes. Even the first uh, ep- uh, season of. Um, the Mandalorian was like six different directors and two or three of them were women. Like, can we just get back to making films that are, are good and it doesn't matter who does it. Just like hiring a coach for football. You're speaking too much sense right you're, there. You're, uh, I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to stop what you're doing. But before we get Tom, before we get your take, <laughs> she, she doubled down. She was also on this panel and I'm going to play this because she says that she not only wants it to be about, you know, a, a female character, which again, you missed the boat there. Maybe you didn't. Maybe she, you know what? Maybe she didn't watch the last three Star Wars films. But she says she wants to make men uncomfortable. Let's listen to her here on a panel with John Stewart. What is the balance of activating a force for change, but also trying to permeate that patriarchy, that power structure? And is that a part of the calculation of your art? as well and and what's been the reaction to that oh absolutely um i like to make men uncomfortable i enjoy <laughs> making men uncomfortable <laughs> okay tom your turn oh, oh, hold on real quick make men uncomfortable i mean in the last three in the third movie of the last trilogy when they won there was uh females kissing uh, you know there's no it was a lesbian couple kissing in the celebration I mean, people were already made uncomfortable. Well, but in, in, in a double standard fairness, men have less of a problem with that than they do. Today. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if they're saying, oh, they haven't done it yet, they've done it. Oh, that's all Disney does now. Yeah. Tom, what's your take? I haven't seen a Star Wars sequel since Return of the Jedi. Okay. And so I'm not really invested in this at all. Uh, this whole notion of I like to make men feel uncomfortable I mean, what is that? It, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means. It, 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 we're to a point now where you've got you've got to be a monk in a monastery on a hill in Tibet or somewhere where you have no contact with females to not know or not be around females in the workplace. It's just it's ridiculous. This notion that these so-called pioneers come forward and oh, we're changing things, we're smashing the glass ceiling. It's like, no, you're not. We're, we're used to females everywhere. Right. And, yeah. and so this, well, how are you going to make guys feel uncomfortable? If you're talking about Pakistani dudes making them feel uncomfortable, I get it because how repressive dudes are in Pakistan and all over the Mideast. I totally get that. But if you're talking about Western civilization, I have no clue what you're talking about. None whatsoever. Well, again, it's just, I mean, I understand how this type of a deal happens and how someone gets in that mindset and how broken things are in this country and in the entertainment industry in particular. But just, just, uh, just make a movie. 
Just make well, a movie. <laughs> make it good. Make it, make good. it something after 40 years for, you know, or 50 years or whatever it is that we're looking at, 40-some years from the re release of the original. I haven't seen a sequel since because, to me, they've just been nothing that I'm interested in. And it doesn't matter who the director is because I haven't felt the stories to be that compelling. No, the true fans. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. Grew up loving it. Read the books. Watched all the movies. Love it. At the end of the day, if you were to go to like a Star Wars, uh, you know, event where you know a convention, and you were to <laughs> talk to people and say, "Hey, uh, do those you... people don't talk I know. to other people." Well, you know, but what I'm saying is, if you were to ask them, "Do you care if the next movie is written, directed, or starring with a woman?" They're going to say, "I don't care. I just want it to be good. I want it to no, be within the." Like, Does my costume look good? Yeah, like they don't. They don't care. At the end of the day, if it's written well, directed well, and the actor does great, it doesn't matter who who directed it or who starred in it. And that's the problem is now we're putting this, the, like, you know, it's the same thing in politics, the identity of it all. Oh, it, she will be a woman of color and she will be a female and she will be black. Like, awesome. That's great. I'm so glad that you're limiting your basis to that for the SCOTUS. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for doing that, Joe Biden. Like, that, no one cares. Just get the right person <laughs> for the job. Yeah. It's the same thing with this. It doesn't matter if it's around a woman or a man or if it's directed by a woman. As long as it's a good story, people are going to show up. Yeah. I, I never want to hear about it, period. Like, the only time you should say this is who's behind it is if it's, like, a well-known name who produces really good shit made by the person who brought you this. You know, blah, 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 blah. back in the day, you know, uh, Spielberg, who I'm not getting into people's politics, but uh, Spielberg, Scorsese, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. You've, now, now show me what you're working on. Show me the trailer. Let's talk about it. But as soon as they go down these paths and it's going to hit this and it's going to check this box and there's going to be some gay porn and there's going to be all this stuff. We're going to work a paddle and a young puppy in. And people are like, <laughs> what? What does it have to do with Star Wars? Yes. All right. Well, the, the paddle will move with the force. We'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, I just don't. But we were talking about it last night, like the beginning of uh, Mission Impossible 3, like the first before they even get to the credits. It's such a captivating, like, three minutes. And when, when, when it goes to the intro of the movie, you're like, oh, this is a great movie. No one's going, oh, this was directed by a man. They don't care. It's a captivating script. The, actor does an the, the actors in that scene do an amazing job. And it, oh, you got Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, and it, and it catches your attention. That's what they want. That's what the viewers want. When they're in the theater, they're not like, well, I wonder which way they lean sexually. They don't care. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, let's get to question of the day because it actually ties in entertainment. It's a random-ass question today, no doubt. And it's this. More random than usual? or I don't know. Okay. I mean, every, whatever. Right. I don't know. The question is, what is your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Oh. <laughs> could it be one of his serious ones. Could it be? You could say, I don't like Adam Sandler. You yeah. still have to play along. What's your favorite Adam Sandler movie? There's lots of them. There's serious ones. There's funny ones. There's real over-the-top silly ones. There's all sorts of Adam Sandler movies. Gosh. Tom, are you ready? Because I'm coming to you right away. I'm ready. Uncut Gems. Okay. Wow. All you right. Know what? I didn't see that one. I've, I, I've heard I it was I highly good. recommend it. I heard it was Very great. good film. I, I, it was, it's, it's on my wife and I's list, and it just keeps getting buried, and we just haven't seen it. But I heard that was really good. He, he, when he does different stuff, I like some of his original silly yeah. things. I'll probably go with one of those as my answer. But when he does some other, like, there's 50 First Dates was a great one. That's funny. But, like, I mean, he's done, like, Spanglish was That was great, he's too, yeah. Other ones that are, like, very, like, not Happy Gilmore or um, Billy not Madison. That, 
Exactly. They're not like that, which is obviously how he got his start. But like him and even Will Ferrell, like I, and I love Will Ferrell. I'll just, I'm just going to come out and say, but like he'll do some serious stuff. It's like, wow, like you guys actually have some depth. Stranger than fiction, Will Ferrell. That one was a great, great that was a great flick. Great flick. Uh, okay, so Uncut Gems is where Tom's going. You guys send your responses in. Disco. Go. Oh, man. Three. No, it can't be that quick. No, <laughs> Come on. It's just so hard because there's so much. It's, it, it, like you said, there's the comedy. There's the there's the, even like the rom-coms, which is the, the you know, like the Mr. Uh, Mr. Deeds. That was a good one. Remember that one? That was kind of like a mixture. Yeah, so it, was, it was like a rom-com. Like it was romantic. It was comedy. International He's, House Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some good stuff out there, man. But my favorite one, I, I have to just go old school and say Billy Madison, like, uh, like where he made his entrance. Yeah, the, I mean, like the, Other the than like, SNL. yeah. But for like for me, it's every day, first day of school. I'm always singing the girls back to school, back to school. <laughs> like I'm always singing. I don't know. So I, I feel like that one would have to be the one I'd go with. Okay, we've gosh, got, but there's so good ones. We've out got there. a Happy Gilmore, which is hard. To I beat. love great. Happy Gilmore, Waterboy. Coming in, Waterboy was good too. Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, Madula Avangada. Um, those are some good ones. I mean, because look, the, well, the, let's go through the traditional ones. Most people are going to say Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, yeah. maybe Waterboy as well. 50, some 50 first dates here. Uh, definitely Happy Gilmore. Barb's going to have to phone a friend. What was the one that he did with uh, Jennifer Aniston? The, the They did two. Ooh, there's a few that they've done together. Two. Um, yeah. I forget. It's actually entertaining. Well, there, well, there was one that they have a sequel to, and there's another one as well oh. where I can't remember the name of it. Gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. I'll have to look it up. Date night, date something, sex in the city. I don't know. Obviously, it's not sex in the city. What is it called? Murder mystery. Murder mystery. That was yeah, really good. It, it was, it was, it's entertaining. The first one, I haven't seen the second one. The first one was good. Easy Netflix watch. I preferred him on SNL, honestly, more than his movies, says yeah. Magellan. Uh, that's, I think a lot of people would take that. I'm just not a fan of his. his that's my events. boy. That's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah. No, there's a, he be, because of kind of his, particularly the humor that came out in the initial films and his humor on SNL, there's a lot of people he's just, that's not their thing. Anger management was a good one, too. Anger management. Pretty yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, wedding you guys Singer. Know? Oh, oh Wedding Singer was, yeah. Yeah, it was phenomenal. What, Tom? Do you guys know that Adam Sandler has been directing The Price is Right and also producing it? No. No way. <laughs> yeah. Who's the host now? Is it still – it's not Drew Carey anymore, right, or is it? I. Th the last time I saw it, it was Drew Carey. Okay, maybe it still is. Uh, interesting. I did not know that. I. You know what I honestly think? I. So I love the originals because I was just a – dumb little kid oh it's a different adam sandler though now i'm just a dumb adult oh it is it's oh. A, yeah he's a bald guy totally different guy i'm oh. looking at a picture of him right now oh, okay well mm. same oh, well. name but different so we, we took you down a path and then we yeah. walked the hey path. you know what? i just want to make sure we get the truth Locked out it. really that's that's uh, sorry a uh, bad info i i happy gilmore is i loved billy madison at the time happy gilmore probably took over for it when that happened but you know i kind of think Longest Yard, remember that one? That was a good one. I kind of think that um, I might. Longest Yard was an abomination, Bob, Debbie. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like a good yeah, movie. I, I didn't I'm just saying, really like that one either. I liked that they were making fun of. I think I'm gonna go Spanglish, because I, it was the first time that he was like serious, yeah. and it was actually it was actually a pretty sweet movie. Like, and I mean, it was it was a little bit depressing, yeah. uh, a little bit 
a lot, but but I think oh, Big Daddy was good. Big too. yes, Hip Hop, Hip Hop Anonymous. That was a good one. Hey, Gummit. You know, it's funny when you uh, click was another good serious one too. No, <laughs> that one made me cry at the end. Well, not oh gosh, uh, but the the other one with Jennifer Aniston was just go with it. Okay. Yeah, they were married, they got separated, and then they went on a family vacation together and all that stuff. Hubie, Hubie Halloween was a good movie. I didn't see that one. Now, did you see his, um, it was a couple years ago, his stand-up where he did the tribute to Chris Farley in it? Oh, so I believe it was on Netflix for a while, and the way they cut it together was it was like him in a small setting starting doing his run, and it's cutting between small bar settings, and then throughout the movie as you watch it he's going to bigger bigger venues like doing his bit and so like the bit continues on and at the end he's like in stadiums and he's doing his tribute to chris farley where he sings a song and they're showing footage of it of chris farley because he's like he was my best friend yeah and he's like and i wish he was still here with me today and it was just it was incredible we all if you haven't watched it go and watch that stand up it was really good um okay i never saw grown-ups was uh, to me, that's like uh, uh, you're trying to make some money on a movie. Gotcha. I'm not saying that's where he was. I just, uh, I, I, there's people who like it. I, I didn't. <clears throat> I'm a traditionalist in the more serious stuff that he's done. Uh, gonna have to check out Uncut Gems uh, yeah. for sure. There was the basketball one he did recently too. Hustle, hustle, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's 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 move on from that. You guys keep sending your responses in, but we've done that. Let's get to uh, some. Oh, hold on. Before we do that, can I just show this clip yeah. before we move on? I think this is an older clip. No, this, this happened today. Oh, it, this was today. This happened. Like I had to, I had to oh, look at yeah, one, three, 24. Yeah. I had, I had to look it up. Um, look so this at is this. in Nevada. Yeah. This is in Clark County, Las Vegas. A man attacked the Las Vegas judge in her courtroom today at 11 AM uh, while she was about to give his sentencing and probably not wise. This guy, remember, you know how, like, when we see the video footage of, like, the people doing the, the proposing at a baseball game on the field and they, they get tackled and those, always oh, say those guys, this guy, want to say he was one of those in his former life, because you know how high those judge benches are, right? Yeah. All right, watch this. A taste of something else, because I just can't with that history. In accordance with the laws of state of Nevada, this court... Oh, really gets in there. And then watch these two guys on the right when they get him away from the judge. He started, it's a full-on fight here. Lighting him up with his punch. I mean, the, the guy in the navy blue blazer is not really punching. Oh, no, yeah, but he was I don't know down. what he's... <laughs> uh, he, he was like, a, he's also probably a nanny part-time. So the, so the he, judge denied him bail. Just imagine what his reaction is going to be if he's found guilty. Yeah, she was saying, they were saying, oh, he needs to have bail. And she goes, I think it's time for him to have a taste of something else, meaning we're going to, you know, not give him bail. We're going to put him into prison or something. And it just, he was <laughs> attempted battery and substantial body harm. That was what he was going like four, and then here he is doing it again. It <laughs> that, that was a hell of a jump, though. I will give him credit for that. He needs to have his ass kicked, and and it looked like he did. And things definitely not going to go well for him now. But that was an impressive jump. Yeah, he he cleared the bench and made it over in in to where she was sitting. Very. She she hit her head, but she's okay. Just so you know, she hit her head on the wall. She was diving away. So okay. probably not smart. Let's get into some sports.
so I just got to show one clip. <laughs> is this the one you sent yesterday? me? No, this <laughs> isn't the Titanic one. Oh, okay. But this is someone's got like some phone footage from the. I don't know if you guys are familiar uh, or aware, but Michigan was in the national semifinal. Oh, you don't game say. The other night, you and don't they say. beat Alabama in overtime. <clears throat> Not like you no talked about deal. it yesterday at all. No big deal. No. <laughs> but. But here's the moment at the Rose Bowl in pa- pa- Pasadena, but which brings up another point I'll get to in a second. The Rose Bowl in Pasadena, when Jalen Milrow, horrible play call, Jalen Milrow tries to run it up the middle, trips on one of his offensive linemen, we get the stop, we win, we're going to the national championship against Washington. But the crowd reaction and just the scene, beautiful, not to mention the uniform matchup here, so sexy. Play it. Is that a bad snap, too? It was a little low. Fight song. That was pretty good. Tom, did you enjoy that game? Oh, it was one of the best games that I've seen in a while. I mean, that the uh, Iron Bowl right before, you know, a couple of weeks before that one, I thought was a great game. The Kick Six, I thought was a good game. Uh, I used to live and work in South Bend, Indiana, so I saw a bunch of great games in there. The but that one, I, I think because of the way overtime is now, I have to put that one. I think in the number one spot. It was so good, and obviously a homer biased, but it was just such a good. I mean, if you love. The, the game if you love sports you love football you love particularly college football that was everyone agreed by the way because this year's rose bowl between michigan and alabama largest attendance in terms of crowd since 98 when when just so happens we also won that year against washington state but it also it drew 27.2 million plenty 27 million plus actually 27.2 yeah million viewers which is the most watched college football playoff semifinal game since the entire CFP playoff system started. So so people were digging it. It was just a freaking awesome game. Awesome game. Most watched college football game overall, not just including the playoffs since 2017. So pretty remarkable. It, both the playoff game, we talked about it yesterday, we're not going to beat that horse tonight. Um, but but both those games were, were really entertaining. That one, obviously, I think more entertaining, but both of them really good. Yeah, well, I... Far and away, the Michigan game was so much better. I fell asleep during the uh, Texas-Washington game. I would figured that Texas didn't have a chance, so I kind of dozed off. And Well, it's so late. I mean, golly, it was so late. <laughs> so and that, and that was the reason, actually, why we were – yeah, that was the reason why we were still up for the other stuff. Up uh, for the other stuff? Because no, that was New Year's Day. Never mind. Never mind. I was I was mixing my. It's days. the reason why we were off New up, Year's Day. I, no, no, no. I know, but I was thinking, <laughs> why was I up on New Year's Eve for the midnight things? I never am. I thought it was because of that. Because it was that was two days in a row. New Year's Eve, it was the Vikes were. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> hey, the Bears won. Yeah, I don't. That, I don't. That does nothing for me. I don't <laughs> care. Um, so, but so Jim Harbaugh, right? Unique figure. You love Jim or you hate him. I think he's good for the game. Because of that very reason. People love him. They hate him. He's a very talented coach. Obviously, he and his staff coached just a hell of a game that night. But if you know anything about Jim and you've watched him over the years and you watch his clips, he's a quirky dude. 
He's just a quirky dude. He says things you're like, what did he just say? Even me, I like the guy. Even me, I'm like, Jim, I don't. What are, what are you talking about? But he says it, and that's just who Jim is. And one of the things he says is, who's got it better than us? Nobody, right? And, which is a great thing. But after the game, so and his coach, John, obviously the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, super successful. The two of them have met in the Super Bowl, which is really cool. But after the game, his father, Jack, who's a huge Michigan guy, former coach himself, inspiration to both of his sons. They're a super tight family. He and his wife, I forget his, her name. Uh, apologies to her. But they're getting interviewed by a guy. And look, if, and if you don't know Jim and his, his quirks and his look and all of that stuff, this will mean nothing to you. But this, I mean, spitting image Jim Harbaugh is of his father and his, his delivery of things, all of that. Just look at this clip. Just humor me for a second and look at this clip of Jack Harbaugh. Well, this is your that's show. That's not Jim and that's true. It's, this is my, it's literally called that. Watch, watch Jack Harbaugh here. Your son talks about the two of you all the time. He's talked about this moment coming for this program for a long time. How do you put into words your emotions right now? Are you kidding me? family they will use for a long time and it goes like this who's better better than us nobody i know you get tense during these games were you on the edge of your seat throughout this one well of course we were yelling and screaming that's what we're so playing the game was right before the long drive jackie decided that we should switch seats oh my goodness and i moved to her seat she moved to mine and this is the result that we get. All right, so you'll have to do that in the national championship yeah. at a certain time, maybe a little earlier in that game. game. Yeah, for everybody's happiness. Oh, thank you goodness. so much. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Congratulations. First of all, adorable couple. Adorable couple. But, Tom, I know you've seen a lot of Harbaugh stuff. How, I mean, isn't it crazy the similarities between like facial design, structure, how they talk, the their smile, the hand gestures, all of it. I, I've seen pictures of Jack before. And then when I saw that clip the other night, I was like on the floor, like, oh my gosh. I'm like showing my wife, like, get over here, get over here, look at this. Just, I, just, just wild. It's like that is how Jim Harbaugh, first of all, is going to look now. Yeah. But that's how, you know, 15, 20 years from now. I mean, I'm not saying that's their gap now, but Jim's Jim's aging. You know, that's how he's going to – that is a glimpse into the future. Uh, I, I honestly thought, I was like, man, it's been a rough season. Like when I – because you sent me – I looked at the clip. No, you didn't send me, but I looked at the clip uh, earlier, and I'm like, did he – who is – and then I was like, oh, no, that's his dad. Like, <laughs> papa. Tu papa. I, I just – I thought it was crazy. And, again, for the people who don't care about Michigan football or know much about Jim Harbaugh, no one – no one gives two shits about that clip or, or what just happened there. But I just, I, I am flabbergasted by the similarities. It is insane. My kids don't look anything like me. I was deployed a lot. They probably aren't mine. But, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're definitely mine. But that, that is like, yeah, that's crazy. Uncanny. Crazy. All right, sticking with sports. Last story we're going to hit on tonight, and then I got a date night. I don't have anything for this one, right? No, there's no. Oh, okay. Yeah. You looked all panicked. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, why is Disco panicked over there? <laughs> like, uh, I don't have anything else. <laughs> but there's some craziness going on. This is really less sports than it is uh, politics. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read you a headline, if if you don't mind here. USA boxing allows men to fight women 
with new transgender guidelines. No. The subtitle, the purpose of this policy is to provide fairness and don't forget this, safety for all <laughs> boxers. They've, they've adopted this new, I'm just reading this from this article, I think this was Daily Wire, this new transgender policy which will permit males who identify as female to compete against females if they meet certain qualifications. This policy was first proposed in August of last year, or 2022 actually, I uh, forget we're in 2024, uh, claiming that they must complete gender reassignment surgery and, uh, uh, surgery, excuse me, and test their testosterone levels for four years following such procedures. First of all, this is just so dumb. It's ludicrous. The whole concept in general, you're either this or you're that. You're a male or a female. That's God's design. That's science. Whatever you want to lean on, whether it's faith or science or both, the answer is the same. But this is absolutely, we've shown clips before, particularly when it comes to boxing and or like MMA style fighting. This is straight up, this is beyond ludicrous. It's dangerous. Yeah. I don't see any other way to describe it. No, you know, I, I like the fact that, sorry, I got something in my eye that they put in the, you have to have gender reassignment surgery or sex change is what it was commonly called in the past. Um, I, I just, that this whole notion that gender is on a spectrum is one of the most ridiculous things ever. If you truly do have gender dysphoria and there, there were certain protocols that you went through, there was a very intense psychological evaluation to see if you qualified for a sex change. It was years and years and years of living like a woman. Right. But when it comes to something like boxing, now that you're saying that, a male who identifies as a female. I mean, the bottom line is you have somebody who has a muscle and skeletal structure of a male fighting a female, beating on a female. And yeah, yeah and, and now that is somehow is, is supposed to be celebrated and supposed to be, you know, something safe. that's encouraged. Yeah. It's safe. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, I we've seen it before in the, the MMA. That there was a, uh, a trans fighter in there who didn't tell anybody that she was trans and nearly beat this woman to death. Right. Yeah, and and people people in uh, what I don't know, I don't know what category to put them in. People who consider themselves moderate, center or certainly left are going to be like, "Well, it's progress. You wanted this. They have to get their gender reassignment surgery and test their levels and this that and the other." But at the end of the day, they are still a a I don't care what surgery you have. You are still a male. You're, you used to be Timothy. Now you're Trina and you're going to go beat the shit out of Nancy. Like that, that's still, it's just outside of some rare instances and occurrences, biologically speaking, that's just how it happened. Cause that's how God designed us. And, and, and I, I just, I find this so reckless and dangerous and and i i know that they think they're doing the right thing i know that they think they're being inclusive and i know that they think that they're making it better by putting some of these caveats on their policies but it changes nothing it is still ridiculous it's not based in truth reality science and it is definitely not fair or safe as you say you're going for it is it is just i'm so done with it they should just come out and say we're going to have a well the men's a woman's in a transgender league that would be better, safer. And you know what? 
You, you know, one of the reasons why no one would care about the tra- well, not just us, but like even the athletes themselves is the trans wouldn't want to celebrate. Well, I'm the transgender, you know, featherweight champion <laughs> because you suck so bad at being a dude that you want to go beat up women because it's the only way that you can win and feel good about yourself. You're not going to actually feel good about being that. Now, I've, I've joked about that, too, and I think it probably makes sense. Have a trans league. You're just the I don't know what the hell I am. So I'm going to go and be a part of this. Fine. But no one actually wants to be a part of that because you want to be one up. Leah Thomas didn't start swimming against chicks because it's because she he sucked as a male. 215th ranked all men at the, when when he was a man. Yeah. And you, then, know, you might be able to convince me to the 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 trans people the um, community. And the people who, you know who are supporting having biological males compete against females, they could sway me if they could point to at least you know a handful of trans athletes who are going the other way, who are biologically females, who are now males, who want to compete in basketball, football, any any sport, track and field. You could you could possibly sway me or make your argument a little bit more um convincing right you know to say that every the playing field you know is is totally even but you never see that never it never goes that way no and if you do have a female wanting to compete in football guess what they compete as a female yeah there's There's a tweet, uh, 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 I guess an X, whatever, from Ebony Bridges. She's a boxer. I don't care about political correctness. It's politically incorrect to have a man fighting a woman. And I don't care that ex- that's exactly what it is. The society is too soft. This is our health and safety. These girls need to stick together. Or women's sports in 50 years will be filled with male-born champions. It's true. It is very true. And it won't take 50 years, by the way. Yeah. It's going to be way. Oh, so it'll be filled with 50 yeah. male champions. Yeah. All the stuff that the women work so hard to have their individual sports, all these things stand out for them, are, are is getting thrown out, thrown out of the window here now, because men are going to come in and men are going to have all the all the all the championships. Yeah, and again, another I, sign of the patriarchy. <laughs> I just I, I know we say it all the time and it's obvious, but I just don't know how you would actually feel good about winning a match in this case a boxing match. Fighting a woman. Fighting Let's a woman. Women. Yeah. When you say winning a boxing match, <laughs> let's break it down. You're fighting a woman. You're going, you're, you're taking your fist and you're punching a woman in the face as hard as you can. Yeah. Uh, that That is, a, I mean, you're, you're next level broken to get to that point where you decide you're just going to change gender, something you can't actually do, but you, you decided up here. But then to be like, I'm going to go against everything that's been ingrained in me as a human and try and beat the shit out of a woman. And then next level sickness, feel good about it. Oh, it's it, it is gonna take a transgender male, one punch, killing a woman in the ring. It's what's gonna happen. And they're gonna be like, I think we've done something wrong here. And but unfortunately it's not gonna be they're not gonna they're gonna be like, oh well, we just need to figure it out, but we're gonna continue to let them fight. Oh, they'll double down. Same yeah, thing they, with plagiarism. They're yeah. redefining plagiarism right now. Yeah, no, they will. They they sadly will will double down because they can't. The, the rules are we can't be on the wrong side. So anything we do, say or otherwise, has to be right. 
All right, ticket sales, pay-per-view sales are going to go down. The sport's not going to go anywhere, and they're going to be like, where did we go wrong? We were trying to do what was right by the country, what everyone else was wanting. We put transgenders in a ring with a silverback. I'll watch that. <laughs> but is the silverback also a male but transitioned to a woman? You know what? I'll keep it open. You can be whatever you want, silverback, because at the end of the day, you're still a silverback. You know, I was watching a clip over the break, and it was, you know, they're talking about, like, transgender. Like, the, everyone across the world, you know, believes in transgenders and how men can become females. And there was this guy in the middle of Africa, and he's talking to someone with a translator. And he's like, so have you heard about these transgenders? And he's like, what's that? And he's like, oh, like, where a man thinks he's a woman? And he's like, no, you're either. And it's like this guy from the tri uh, like a tribe in the middle of africa and he's like a, a man's a man and a woman's a woman <laughs> like like no one over there is saying i i, I want to be a transgender they're not no Most have you seen dave Chappelle's new special i saw a clip from it i have not seen the full news i don't special. know if i pulled that but i don't have time it's for the a, clip but it's such a good one i don't, I don't have time for it but, <laughs> but it is yeah, uh, he was wanting to meet Jim Carrey. That was the clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hilarious. If nothing else, go search the 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 uh, Dave Chappelle Jim Carrey clip from his latest thing, or Andy Kaufman, however you want to search yeah. it, because that was hilarious. That was funny. Tom, it's so good having you back. I missed you yesterday, uh, folks. It's good to be back with you guys. Tomorrow will be fun. We'll have that's meme tastic and plenty of other things to do to wrap up the first week of 2024 for now we got to go i got a date night i got to go have a, a nice little meal with my bride uh so we're going to do that i will look forward to seeing you tomorrow we all will coin club five o'clock p.m eastern over on locals remember it's you can go to drewberquist.com then click coin club it'll take you there you can go to drewberquist.locals.com or you can just click the red button for join uh under underneath the player right here on rumble all of it leads you to the same spot. Use promo code DREW30 to get yourself a free month. We'll look forward to seeing you there tomorrow, then back here at 6 p.m. Eastern. Be safe, be smart, be free.